0: Hello, I'm Johnny Cash, just joking. All right, let's go ahead and uh, go to Galatians chapter number five today. We're going to read down through verse number 10 and pick up where we left off. Galatians five, verse number one, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing, And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. You ran well. Who hindered you from from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. So Paul here is expressing his optimism that they will overcome this time of testing. There's nothing like a few words of affirmation is what Paul's giving. I mean, he's just kind of laid them out there. He's, you know, I doubt your salvation. What are you guys doing? You can't keep one aspect of the law you, unless you're under the entire law. You can't have a little law with a little grace. It doesn't work that way. Uh, and he says, whoever's troubling you will bear his own judgment. And he says, and I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? In other words, I'm not preaching circumcision because if I did, I wouldn't be uh, facing this, circumc- this, uh, this persecution. He says, if I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross is ceased. The cross is an offense to people. You see, Paul was no longer preaching the law. He was preaching grace that came through the death of Christ on the cross. And as a result, he says that the cross is an offense to the legalizers. The cross is an offense to those who reject the free grace salvation that's offered through Christ. When Jesus gave himself as the sacrifice for sinful man, he became the only way to God. No longer could man approach God through the law. And even then, the law was temporary. It was a tutor until that which is perfect would come. It was just a tutor until the ultimate sacrifice would come. In Hebrews, in the Old Testament, they offered the imperfect blood of lambs and goats and doves that could never permanently atone or cover their sins. But when Jesus came, the permanent atonement, the the permanent at one occurred and when jesus said i am the way the truth and the life and no man comes to the father except through me people are offended by that people are offended christianity is offensive in our culture as well today People are bothered by the narrowness of one way to God. They prefer to think that there are many ways to the same place. The writer of Proverbs in Proverbs 16, 25 says, There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Jesus said, I'm the I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father. That's offensive in the culture that we live in today, in the, in the culture that wants to embrace all forms of truth, and there's many roads to truth, and there's, there's no absolute truth, and then you come on the scene and say, Jesus is the only way. That's offensive to them. In verse 12, he said, I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Paul is irritated. I mean, he is absolutely, um, you know, just angry with these people that are troubling these Galatians, these legalizers, these Judaizers that are saying the cross is not enough. He's frustrated with them. He said, I could wish that those who trouble you would cut themselves off. And of course, you know, he's, he's very angry there. Um, So Paul was a human being, (laughs) no doubt about it. Just like David said, kick the teeth of my enemies in. In verse 13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Paul's point here is that liberty excludes the mandatory keeping of the laws as a means of salvation. Why does Paul continue to hammer this subject over and over and over because they had problems with it then and we still have problems with it now. The law never was a means of salvation. People in the Old, in the Old Testament were saved through faith just like you and I are saved today. The Bible says of Abraham in Galatians 3.6, Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Think about that for a moment. If the law could save Why did Jesus go to the cross? Do you remember what Jesus prayed in the garden right before his crucifixion when he said, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. He was saying, Father, if there's any other way for these people to be saved, please don't make me go through with this. The answer of his father came through the kiss of Judas, the betrayer. There's no other way of salvation except through faith and faith alone in Christ Jesus. Jesus and i can assure you that if you're trying to work for it you don't have it you have believed a lie somewhere along the line however paul is making the point that this liberty does not give us the freedom to do anything that we want to either he declared in first corinthians 6 12 all things are lawful for me but all things are not helpful for me yeah i can do a lot of things but they're not helpful. The old king says they're not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. any. Foods for the stomach and stomach for the foods, but God will destroy both of them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but it's for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality, every sin that a man does outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God? You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to God. Everything that we do should bring glory to God, inside or outside of the body. And he says in verse 14, For all the laws fulfilled in this one word, you will love your neighbor as yourself. This is a quote from Leviticus 19.18 and from the Lord Jesus himself. Jesus quoted it as part of the great commandment. You remember in Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 37. In Matthew chapter number 22 and verse number 37, Jesus said this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And of these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. So Jesus is saying the entire law is love your neighbor, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you take the Ten Commandments, the first four of the Ten Commandments have to do with loving God. You shall have no other gods before me. Uh, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. All the first four have to do with loving God. And the last six have to do with loving your neighbor. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. Those have to do with loving your neighbor. So when Jesus said, On these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. True, and that's why Jesus summed it up in those two statements. And then in verse 14, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, Love your neighbor as yourself. And then in verse 15, But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. This is what will happen if we do not love each other. It is the comparison of two wild beasts that wound each other in a fight. How many times do we see this happening inside and outside the church? It's sad that we can use a little member, called the tongue, to inflict so much damage on each other. When James spoke of the tongue in James 3.8, he said the tongue can no man tame, it is an unruly evil, it is full of deadly poison. Therefore, bless we, there, therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we turn around and we curse men which are made after the similitude of, of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. I say then, in verse 16, walk in the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh well listen god bless you guys hope that you have a great day remember god loves you wants the best for you working all things out for your good